What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Hi, guys. We're leading into the Super Bowl. Got uh, got some pretty exciting stuff for Dynasty owners, of course, with Senior Bowl week and, and the other all-star games from college. So on the minds of a lot of Dynasty owners right now, Ryan, all these rookies that we're going to be talking about so much over the coming months. And then, of course, that big game that's going to be played here in about a week. Yeah, yeah, it's always a great time. It, uh, Senior Bowl wrapped up, as you mentioned, and the... NFL season will wrap up in about a week also and and then it's it's the countdown to the combine so we start turning our attention to that incoming rookie class if if you haven't already now it's the time to do that yeah and we'll be spending a lot of time on these incoming rookies over the next couple of months there was some some good news coming out of Mobile in the last week or so and then then some things that uh, created some question marks, some red flags maybe as well. But there's plenty of time for that, Matt. Your thoughts on this coming week, the Super Bowl, the offseason, what's on your mind as a dynasty owner, Matt? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to, to watch this game that's going to be played today. Oh. Uh, no? <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Yeah, nobody watches the Pro Bowl, right? Uh, but Ryan did point out something interesting that uh, we had this news about Drew Brees this morning that, you know, he was going to take a month to ponder his future. And now we see Russell Wilson giving up the starting spot to Drew Brees. So, you know, maybe, maybe we, we've seen the last of Brees. I don't, I don't know. It would be a little bit sad for the Saints and for, for Dynasty teams, but uh, maybe, maybe it's the end for him. Oh, it would be sad for a lot of us as Dynasty owners that, that affects so many players that – that we uh, have coveted over the last handful of seasons. So we're going to finish up our four-week series, guys, where we've been covering all these off-season topics that Dynasty owners are kind of thinking about with each team. We've we've already been through three of the divisions in each conference. We're going division by division, of course, and, and the goal was to cover all 32 teams. There's only eight remaining, including the two teams that are going to play in next weekend's Super Bowl. So before we get to all that, though, guys, we should talk again about our openings that are in the DLF Listener League. Uh, we're going to have a dispersal auction, of course. It's going to be a lot of fun. You get have your chance to battle Ryan, Matt, and myself in that league. And for more on how to get into that, let's talk to Matt. Yeah, again, we're partnering with Scott Fish and our, our buddies over at Safe League. So if you want a chance to play against the three of us in the DLF Listener League, you just go to safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans and you enter the code DYNASTY, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y, when you claim your team. Uh, and you'll get a little bit of kickback at some point from them in the future and get a chance to play in this league with us. So uh, if you're going to claim an orphan this year anyway and you want to make sure you have a good commissioner leading the way for your teams, uh, might as well use that code and get something in return. So once again, safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans, and the code is DYNASTY. And again, we're going to throw all those names into a hat, draw out three of those names, and you guys will get to compete against the three of us in the DLF Listener League. So we've already covered the East, the South, and the North in both the AFC and NFC. That leaves the AFC and NFC West, which, as I mentioned, features two really big-time teams that a lot of us Dynasty owners are thinking about a lot this week. Uh, Let's start in the NFC, the NFC West, guys, and we'll start in San Francisco. Matt, 
we're, we're talking off season questions here. And, and when I think about the 49ers, there's, there's a lot of things that come to mind, but as a football fan, you think about that defense and, and that coaching staff and how they've kind of transformed that offense. But, you know, while we're excited about Debo Samuel and, and there's things to like about Jimmy Garoppolo and those things out there in San Francisco, I think the main question that pops into my head, at least, revolves around that running back position because they have such a great running game, but they spread it out between three running backs and Kyle Juszczyk, and then and then they filter in that, that passing game as well. So as a dynasty owner, what running back, if any of the three, are you interested in, in, vet, in investing in San Francisco this offseason? I don't know any, to be honest with you. You know, Mostert had this value, a little bit of a value spike. Uh, I sold off a couple of shares for second round picks. Uh, so I'm happy to do that. Matt Breida, you know, he's always productive when he's on the field, but can you trust him? So I think if I, I don't think you could probably get a second round pick from him right now. Maybe if he has a, a decent game in the Super Bowl, we'll see. Uh, but you know, he seems like kind of a hole just because you can't really get much for him. If you can, you know, I guess a speculative late third round pick, if you're really interested in him, you'll probably get that done right now. You, you mentioned three, there's actually a fourth member, Jeff Wilson. He had, he had a, his time with the sun too. So it's just a confusing backfield. I, I think most people are pretty soured on Tevin Coleman right now, but I still kind of feel like he is maybe the most talented of that group. I don't think we'll ever see the, the, the guy that we saw at Atlanta for a couple of years ago and the guy that we were excited about for when he finally moved on and rejoined Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco here. But, you know, he's the guy that if I'm going to buy any of these players, I think outside of Brita, Jeff Wilson, and I guess Jarek McKinnon, if we want to include him in there, I don't think you're going to really have to spend any capital on any of them. But if you're going to have to pay a, a late second round pick, I think he would be the one that I would actually pay for. But, you know, if, if we're really being honest, I don't really want any of these guys. I think this seems like a prime landing spot for a rookie uh, in this deep upcoming class. But even then, you know, I'm not sure how excited, unless they just get one of these top guys like DeAndre Swift or somebody, for some reason he falls that far to them and they decide they want to take a stab there. Even then, I'm not really super excited about them because it seems like it's going to be a rotation no matter what with Shanahan. It's worked all season. You know, they've kept one running back fresh, you know, while the other ones are rotating, rotating through there. So it just seems like a, a mess for Dynasty and kind of a roulette each week in terms of starting uh, one of these guys, unless we know for a fact that, you know, three of the four are injured and we're going to have one starter going forward. So I guess the, the, the short answer after all of that, all of that is that none really. But if I had to pick one and it was going to be for some low draft capital, it would probably be Tevin Coleman still. Yeah, it'd probably be Coleman for me if I you know, gun to your head. But really, I'm not. I'm not all that interested, Ryan, in any of these guys. It feels, though, that we should be with that running game, that offensive line, the commitment to the running game that the coaching staff has shown over this this last handful of seasons even. This goes back a couple seasons. Even when they, when they weren't all that successful as a team, they were winning four games, but they had that commitment to the run. We should be interested in somebody here, but we're not, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I, I do agree with both of you that if I'm buying one, it's Tevin Coleman. I I wouldn't pay a second for him, and I don't think you have to even. This, to me, just feels like the Patriots from a few years ago, where they had so many backs, they they all kind of had the role. They One would have a big game and, and then t- kind of be quiet the next week. It's it's just really tough to, uh, to project on a weekly basis. And when you're talking dynasty and long term, that makes it tough for us. But looking at the obvious success the Patriots have had for years and years with essentially using that game plan and and now the 49ers the past year or two we're we're lucky more teams don't do this I don't even think they draft a rookie honestly it just feels like they run it back and and go with the same exact plan Uh, I think Breda is a uh, a restricted free agent so they could they could pretty easily keep this group together and just roll through uh, next year doing the same exact thing Right. And even if they don't keep it together as it is right now, like Matt mentioned, there's guys waiting in the wings there. Jeff Wilson seems like a guy they're happy to have as a bottom of the rotation kind of guy. And Jerick McKinnon, I can't believe it. He's still lingering. You never know what's going to happen there, although he could be a cut this offseason. Ryan, along with these off-season questions, we've also been talking about ADP risers and fallers from every franchise in the NFL. I can't imagine there's a faller in San Francisco, is there? No, well, not not one I want to talk about today. I, I want to look at Debo Samuel, uh, the rookie receiver, of course, had a, a, a 
really surprising season, I think. Um, when you look at his numbers, he had four weeks as a wide receiver one. So as a four weeks as a top 12 score, four other weeks as a top 25. So we're, we're looking at 13 through 25 finish. So essentially half his games this year, he was in that top 25, which we would not have expected entering the season. So I think he's pretty easily established himself as the wide receiver one there, of course, battling for targets with George Kittle. Coming into the season, he was the wide receiver 51. Now he's all the way up to wide receiver 23. He's 41 overall. He's going to cost you a fourth round pick. This this is kind of one of those situations, and this happens uh, every, fortunately it doesn't happen every month, but it happens every so often with our ADP is things get manipulated by what's going on um, in in the fantasy world. And I think what what's happened with Debo Samuel is we're doing these January mock drafts at the same time so many folks are doing their playoff fantasy drafts. And when you look at that that top player available list, of course, lots of 49ers, lots of uh, Chiefs and these other players are near the top of that list. Debo Samuel rose almost 30 spots from December to January. I think that's probably uh, a lot of the reason why is he he was just vaulted up that list on my fantasy league as one of the best options left. So what I really see happening is in February and March, we could see his ADP dip a little bit, but I think it bounces back. And I think the current ADP of fourth round, uh, low end wide receiver two is probably what it will get back up to as we get further into the off season. Our, our buddy Leo Pasiga had a tweet today about someone in his league paying the one Oh four for, for Debo Samuels and kind of thinking that was, that was bad. I, I don't know if I really think that's that bad. I think it's more than you maybe have to pay, but I mean, if you're not, if, if you're not interested in one of those top running backs, you know, maybe you, maybe you prefer slightly prefer lamb or Judy to him. Uh, but I don't think, I think that's about, about right for him. I mean, I think I, if I'm a, if I'm a contender, certainly we already know Debo is, is going to be a producer. I guess there's a risk that they draft an alpha receiver or bring an alpha or alpha receiver in, in, in free agency. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's an okay price to pay. I would certainly rather pay a mid to late pick. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Is 104 way too much for Debo Samuel right now? I mean, he was, he was you know, like basically a late first-round pick last year as a rookie towards the end of that first round, maybe the 109 range I remember in several drafts. But uh, he proved he can play, so I don't think a five, six-spot bump is really that much too, too much to ask for him. I don't think it's too much either. Uh, I, I do agree with you that it's probably more than you have to pay in most leagues. Uh, but, I mean, we've we've already seen it his his value has risen he uh, of course played well had a very successful rookie season so he's not going to be a guy you can sneak in and and surprise somebody on you should not be able to get him for a a late first I think it's going to take that one six at least and and it might go up to one four at one four one five you are looking mad as you suggested at at Judy and CD Lamb so if you'd rather have Debo Samuel over those two rookies that's that, that doesn't seem crazy to me. They're, they're probably going to have a similar ADP next month when we include rookies for the first time. Yeah, it feels to me, guys, like Samuel's a lot closer to being that two late firsts than he is that one mid first uh, as far as value goes. It, and, it, and it's going to continue to spike. Ryan, you mentioned that that the, the playoff leagues were drafting and all those things. It's also that Debo Samuel's on the field right now making plays in the spotlight. He's on TV. Every, all eyes are on him. And that that affects that value as well. But enough about the 49ers. There's going to be plenty of talk about them over the next week. That's for sure. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. They have the 27th pick in the draft. Ryan, who's going to be our ADP riser or faller out of Seattle? Yeah, it's got to be got to be Chris Carson here. We know he had another solid season, held off Rashard Penny and, and kept that starting job for most of the season. But of course, had the had the serious hip injury at the uh, latter part of the season, and and I think it's I think it's in serious doubt if he's even going to be ready for uh, training camp or, or possibly even for the regular season. So we should see his his value fall quite a bit. It hasn't yet. Um, Entering the regular season this year, he was the 43rd player overall, RB20. 
Uh, he's now actually up to RB17. So he's basically held his value throughout the regular season and, and now into the early part of the dynasty offseason. But that injury uh, is is going to cost him, I think. So he'll he'll be following. And of course, as we've talked about in, in all of these shows, once we add those rookies in, Carson is, is in that prime position as a mid-low-end RB2 that uh, a handful of these guys are going to jump ahead of him. He's going to go from from that range to RB three for sure. Yeah, it's a it's really a interesting situation that the Seahawks are in because of that another team with a running game that we want to be invested in, but they have a couple of two headed monster there. We're not really sure how that's going to play out with the additions on the perimeter for these weapons for Russell Wilson. It feels like they are going to slowly start to transform into more of a downfield team as well. So there's a lot of questions, Matt in Seattle with this with this roster really but I think the one that it, it comes down to that superstar quarterback the one that should be on the minds of dynasty owners and you know after a, a kind of an up and down 2019 for Russell Wilson where he would carry you a few for a few weeks but then completely demolish you for a week or two uh, knocked a lot of teams out of the postseason with with down performances late in the year is Russell Wilson a quarterback you're excited about having moving forward as a dynasty owner, Matt? Yeah, uh, yes. But real quick on, on Carson, I, I wonder if we are making a little bit of a mistake with him. You know, for the last two seasons, we've we've thought it was going to be Penny, and, and and it very well could be again. But he's going to, like Ryan said, he's going to keep falling, and unless they bring somebody else in, even though they they did spend a first, I think a first round pick on Rashad Penny a couple of years ago, right? Uh, I wonder if we're making a little bit mistake here in terms of uh, of, of ignoring him and that he might be a value add uh, coming up. But Russell Wilson, uh, I do think I, I'm excited about him. You know. I, you're never going to see the giant volume. You know, you, you, you mentioned they might be transitioning into a downfield passing game, and they certainly have the the options to do that now with DK Metcalf and, of course, Tyler Lockett. But it just doesn't seem like that's the MO of the team. Like, no matter how good Russell Wilson is, they just don't really want to have that high-volume passing offense. But we have to remember as, as fantasy players that – it isn't really the passing volume that we're looking for. It's passing efficiency. And Russell Wilson, I think he is probably the king of, of passing efficiency. So uh, I'm still excited about having him. I have him at, uh, let's see, I think I have him at quarterback five right now. And I think that's uh, that's about appropriate for him uh, in that quarterback five to seven range. You know, I think we certainly have Mahomes and Jackson and Watson ahead of him. But then he's in the discussion, I think, right there with Prescott. And depending on how you feel about Kat Kyler Murray, I think he's right in that mix, maybe at the tail end of it, just because he's. Uh, several years older than those guys, but he's still somebody that I want on my team, especially in super flex leagues. And I think he'll continue to be, you know, relatively undervalued because I think just after those top three guys, he's, he's right in that next tier. And oftentimes I think he's volu- he's valued at the end of that tier. So uh, if I can get him at, at, you know, in the quarterback five to seven range, especially in a super flex format, I'm, I'm very excited about having Russell Wilson going forward, man. He, he burned so many owners, Ryan, and this isn't the first time he's, he's an up and down performer and it really gets old when you're, when you're looking at those scores on Sunday night and you're you're losing that matchup and that stud quarterback that you feel you should feel really good about is the reason why you're losing it doesn't give you as much faith going forward I'm you know I I love Russell Wilson big Wisconsin Badgers fan love that season that he played in Madison and have loved him ever since but as a dynasty asset you have to consider those ups and downs yeah, absolutely. It, it really felt like a tale of two seasons for, for Wilson. I can't remember the exact splits, but basically the first seven or eight weeks of the season, he was the QB1, and then that, that second half, he was well outside of the um, of the top 12. And it, it's just hard to pinpoint exactly what it, what it was uh, because, of course, we saw, uh, we saw DK Metcalf kind of breaking out at that same time despite Wilson's struggle. So uh, whether it's kind of continued frustrating uh, offensive play calls or, or Russell Wilson's usage, whatever it is, it's honestly, it's hard to see it changing anytime soon. He's the ideal guy to try to package to move up. In, at the quarterback position for for me if i if i can move russell wilson and another nice but not uh elite type of piece to move up into that top three that that matt mentioned that is the kind of move i'd be looking to make with russell wilson i i do like that move quite a bit dan but i, I just think you have to look at 
who's below him. You know, I think all of those guys below those top three to four guys are, are going to provide that kind of inconsistency. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. You know, Matt Stafford was a quarterback one before he went down, so maybe he's accepted. Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, all of these guys are are having these up and down weeks. So uh, I guess I, I'm not holding that uh, that against them as much. But I do like that move if you can package. I don't know what it would take to get from Wilson to those top three. You know, I think it's probably going to take at least a you know a late first and a super flex format to get from Wilson to up to one of those guys. Uh, obviously, less in, in a one quarterback format, but I do like that move. All right, I think we could probably talk about those top two teams in the NFC West for the whole hour that we have, but we have to move on. There's another team that we could talk about for quite a while because there's a lot of playmakers on that roster as well. It's the Los Angeles Rams. They don't have a first-round pick, of course. They traded it to Jacksonville, but there there's still so many questions when it comes to the Rams, whether it be Gurley and, and, and his injury history and, and how much we trust him, whether it be uh, Cooks and, and his concussions. There's 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 a lot to be answered. There's a lot to be thought about, Matt. I think when it comes down to it, it we, ha- we have to look at this offense as a whole, really. And there's so many playmakers on it. And we even started to see it at the tight end position throughout the 2019 season. So they're filtering that in as well. But, but we need to know, we, we need to have a good feel for what our trust level is in all these skill players in Los Angeles after such an explosive 2018 and really what should be considered a down 2019. How are you looking at the Rams moving forward into 2020 and beyond? I honestly think, you know, maybe outside of Gurley that this entire offense is a buy. Uh, we Cooper Cup, you know, you know my love for him. I don't talk about him. I think he is close to being a fringe wide receiver one. Uh, I think we have him at 17 in, in last month's or in this current month, January's ADP. Robert Woods, he was up and down this last season, but I think we've seen that he's a relatively safe option, especially for the price. And then Brandon Cooks, I mean, he tumbled way down the board. He's all the way down at wide receiver 38. So I really feel like he's a buy, certainly a risk with the concussions that he had. And, you know, we know that once you have a concussion that you're, you know, generally more likely to have more. So that's certainly a concern for him. But previous to this season, we had four straight thousand yard seasons from him from on three different teams. So I, I kind of want to still trust McVay. They also cut loose Wade Phillips for some reason. So I, I, I feel, I really feel like he's one of the best defensive coaches in the league. And I can't imagine their defense is going to improve with that, with that hire. So they're going to have to score more points uh, I think it all comes down to how you feel about Jared Cook or sorry uh, Jared Goff rather um, and, and how you feel about him and his development you know we've we had we had a couple of bad years and including last year and then we had a, a couple of stellar years in there too so uh, depending on his consistency I, I really like this offense I think the, the value for all of these players are down a little bit with maybe the possible exception of, of Cooper Cup uh, but I think I, I think I want to buy all of these guys if I can in, in 2019. Or 2020, whatever year it is. Ryan, what are your thoughts <laughs> on the playmakers in Los Angeles? Are you buying in like Matt? Uh, I think I am buying because mainly because I think they, they're underpriced. I think that's the case with Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks, thanks to his big value fall that um, that Matt referenced. Robert Woods, we know, is always undervalued in terms of trade and, and ADP value versus his, versus his actual production. But I do think it comes down to who is the real Jared Goff? Is it is it the Jared Goff from uh, from 2018 or is it from 2019? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I know we've we've seen what three years now, and two of them were were pretty disappointing, uh, maybe even bad. So I, I don't have a lot of faith in Goff right now. But I think all three of those receivers are good enough, given their current value, to make them buys. Yeah, and we we didn't even splash in the name Higby to that. He he seems like there's going to be buyers out there in most dynasty leagues that are believe in that stretch that he had late in the season. And we hardly sprinkled in any talk about these running backs. But Ryan, you listed one of the running backs in Los Angeles as an ADP riser. I did. I think we we should be taking a chance this offseason on Daryl Henderson. Uh, Of course, the hype was really out of control this time last year, or or not this time, but I guess late in the offseason last year as concerns began to grow uh, about Todd Gurley and we were right about the Todd Gurley part. He he was uh, he was clearly not the same player that he had been uh, years before in the years before. So we just didn't see Henderson, whether that's 
you know, something that was going on at practice. He was, he wasn't ready for pass protection. He, whatever it might've been, he did not earn that role as a rookie. Uh, so, so because of that, his value has tumbled quite a bit entering the season. He was up to RB 30 and 80 overall, which really feels crazy. Uh, he actually hasn't fallen as much as I would have expected. RB 35 now, and just outside of the top 100 at 107 overall. So I think his, I think his trade value in existing leagues might actually be uh, cheaper than that. Uh, we, we talk about a lot of times, you know, if you're a truther on a player, if you're a big fan on a player, you hold that, you hold that player even when they disappoint. The difference with Henderson is I think he became such a trendy pick. I remember even talking about it on this show that in one of the rookie drafts we were tracking, he was the first overall uh, rookie taken. He was 101. And so, Again, the hype clearly got out of control, and I think a lot of people might have drafted him because they were being told to, not because they necessarily believed in Henderson, uh, his talent, his situation. So I think, unlike some others who might have disappointed, he might be a little easier to buy in those existing leagues. Yeah, he may be, for sure. Uh, it feels to me like you made a really good point there, Ryan, that those guys that, that bought bought in a year ago, they're going to be holding, holding firm. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be easier to buy, but he's certainly going to be one of the guys whose who's ADP moves up as, as dynasty owners who either missed out on him last year and now believe or got him last year and still believe move him up draft boards. Uh, throughout this offseason. Let's move on to the final team in the AFC, or excuse me, NFC West that we need to talk about. That's the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, Matt, with with this these playmakers still in place, with Larry Fitzgerald being re-signed, of course, of course, Christian Kirk is there as well, there are also a lot of questions. Who's going to be in that backfield? Will David Johnson be back with that big salary after after not being used in the second half of the season? Will they try to re-sign Kenyon Drake? I think the the biggest question in Arizona, though, Matt, it really encompasses that quarterback, that young guy uh, under center in Arizona, Kyler Murray, and and what kind what dynasty owners should expect from him in year two. There's so many. There's so many quarterbacks that we can list that we have high expectations for going into that second season, but then end up disappointing. So is it going to be a breakout for Kyler Murray? Will he help all these playmakers uh, moving forward? Or is he going to go the way of Baker Mayfield and take a step back in his second season as a starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the million dollar question right now for dynasty owners, especially people that already own Murray and and, and players that want to maybe acquire him this off season. And you know we we often see these quarterbacks have a sophomore slump, so to speak. But I, I don't know. I think he kind of slumped a little bit in year one. So uh, if he falls even farther, then I think he's certainly a buy at that point. I think you really how you feel about Kyler Murray comes down to how you feel about his weapons still. You know, Christian Kirk is obviously the guy that, that we think is, is going to take that step forward. Uh, Fitzgerald is back, is going to, you know, return his, always return his, you know, his wide receiver three fantasy numbers, I think. And then, of course, the the guys they, they drafted last year, Keyshawn Johnson was the hot start of me, uh, in the beginning. You know, he was the guy that kind of emerged from that trio. Hakeem Butler just got hurt. He was the one all three of us loved. Andy Isabella was the one that most of most of Dynasty, especially the analytics crowd, really loved him. And he, you know, he flashed here and there, but never really took off to that next level. You can you can say that it's about Kyler Murray. You know, the offensive line, I think, was also a big part in that. Murray really didn't have much to work with, where, you know, in college, he, uh, he had one of the best offensive lines uh, that you could ask for at that point. So uh, it's going to really depend, I think, on what they do with their draft capital this year. They have... I, I, I hesitate to think they would spend it on more weapons for him, uh, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver. Uh, the, the offensive line, like I said, they need a lot of help, and the defense certainly needs a lot of help. So I think it's going to be continuing to 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 to, to depend on what they surround him with, uh, especially at the offensive line, and if these these new weapons that they acquired last year are really going to work out for them. So I, I, I'm optimistic, uh, cautiously optimistic, I should say, uh, but uh, I don't know if he can. You know, I don't. I don't think he can perform worse than he did in in 2020, or sorry, 2019, uh, in 2020. But the uh, the the offensive line is really a concern for me, and I really need to see them to help get some help there. Yeah, I, you know, I have questions 
not just among the offensive line or, or the players that are on the field in general, Matt, but but also that coaching staff and that front office, they went heavy on those playmakers last year. They, it seemed like they were drafting in Madden or, or for a fantasy team <laughs> rather than trying to build a football team. So I'm really interested to see what they do this offseason. Are they going to continue to collect football cards or are they going to try to put a put a good football team around the the team that they've already these these guys that they've already put into place ryan i'd love to know your thoughts on murray and then also your adp riser or faller from arizona sure i think i think there's a lot to take in here first of all i was really pleased with the way murray played uh, as a rookie i was kind of surprised to hear your thoughts there matt i mean he he was a quarterback one we know how rare that is for a rookie uh, in any year, and, and despite the rushing upside, and especially when you factor in uh, Fitzgerald continues to take s- small steps back, the three rookie receivers flopped, David Johnson was maybe the biggest bust in fantasy. So factoring all that in, and and then you tell me Kyler Murray's a quarterback one in, uh, in fantasy scoring, I, I, would, I would be very pleased with that, and I am. I think he's He's one of the biggest dynasty buys out there right now, in my opinion. I also think they, for better or worse, I do think they keep collecting football cards, as you said, Dan. I think uh, if you look at really any of these mocks, especially the ones that are going two and three rounds deep, Arizona is, according to those, investing in another wide receiver. I've seen C.D. Lamb as a very popular pick uh, there, and that's actually one of the reasons I'm a little worried about Christian Kirk's value. I went on uh, Scott Connors pod, one of our friends over at DLF this this past week, and he brought up a really good point that maybe Christian Kirk is kind of like what we saw of Corey Davis. He's he's that wide receiver that everybody seems to like. We have big expectations for him. He's maintaining his value, but Kirk hasn't really done a lot yet. He's through two seasons. He was the wide receiver 58 and the wide receiver 38 missed uh, two or three games each year. And we already know he doesn't have that profile as a traditional wide receiver one. So if they do add a player like uh, like C.D. Lamb or or really there, there's a lot of options in this deep wide receiver class, Kirk could pretty quickly become the second option long term on that uh, on that Arizona offense. And that's why he's a dynasty follower for me. I do expect. Uh, I expect him to lose some value in ADP. Part of that is because I think he's being overvalued right now. He's up to wide receiver 24 and 47 overall in our latest ADP. I think he's in for a drop. Yeah, there's a good chance that all those pass catchers take take a little bit of hit as as this offseason kind of progresses, if, if that does come to fruition and, and they do invest in the wide receiver position, another young playmaker on the outside for, Bake, for Kyler Murray. Uh, before we get to the AFC West, guys, last week we talked a little bit about DLF rolling out these new 2020 rookie rankings. And once again this week, Ryan, we're rolling out another new feature on the website. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about that? Sure. We are uh, ramping things up on our Devi content. We've got Ray Garvin leading the charge over there. He does a great job, of course. And just this week, we have released our Devi ADP. This is a a really popular feature that we had previously had on the site. It um, honestly just kind of uh, faded away, but Ray is bringing it back and I'm excited about it. Uh, Ray's going to put together three monthly Devi mocks. Uh, so if you're in the Devi League, if you're interested in Devi, definitely hit him up on Twitter because we'll be doing these every month. Looking at some of the the players at the top of this list, I think uh, some of these decisions that we've hinted at for players going back to school is, has really had a big impact because we see Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back, is the second overall player in our Devi ADP. Chuba Hubbard went back to school. We thought he might be in this class. He's fourth overall. And Najee Harris, the Alabama running back, is eighth overall. So uh, if you had pulled those guys out, this 2020 class would be uh, a really fun one. But the Devi landscape would be would certainly be hurting. So um, the other thing I thought was interesting was Jamar Chase, the young LSU wide receiver, was the unanimous 101. Three mock drafts and three 101 selections for him. So he looks like the prize of this class right now. 
Looks like it for sure. I'm sure that uh, that big run in the in the title game and throughout those playoffs did, helped him move up draft boards, of course, as well. So lots of good stuff happening over at DLF, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Check us out over there. Of course, Ryan, Matt, and myself all do different kinds of rankings as well. So check us out on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Let's go on to the AFC West, fellas. Matt, we haven't heard from you in a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit about the Chiefs. And and when you think about the Chiefs, it seems like for the last year and a half, two years even, dynasty owners, we know about the quarterback. We know about the great tight end and all the weapons on the outside. But as dynasty owners, we want a running back that we can depend on, that we can put in our lineup every single week. And that just hasn't been the case, at least over this last year and a half or so. So who's the ideal running back? to be starting for the Chiefs in 2020, Matt. I think that's what's on Dynasty owners' minds. <laughs> that That's a really, really tough question, Dan. I mean, I, it, it feels like a spot. This is very a cop-out answer, I realize that. But it feels like a spot where, you know, anybody with any kind of pedigree would, would be successful there. So uh, I, I just don't know if they're going to do that in the draft. You know, they, they do have their defense has played better of, as of late, but I think they still certainly have some holes there to fill in. So they may go that way in the draft. But if they do spend some capital on a running back, you know, any of these rookies uh, would be exciting there. I personally would love to see... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. I think his receiving ability with Patrick Mahomes, we've, we've seen what he's been able to do with, with guys like Damian Williams. And if they got a guy like Edwards-Hilaire in there, I think that could just be incredible. I, I don't think that, I mean, maybe that maybe there won't be a first-round running back. I don't know. But my guess is that that someone like DeAndre Swift is not going to fall that far, far to the end of the first round. Uh, but a guy like Edwards-Hilaire certainly could be there at the end of the second round for them. Um, so that, that would be my ideal scenario for them. Maybe they go defense in the first round and then get a guy like, like Edwards Hilaire at the, at the end of the second there. In terms of free agent backs, you know, maybe they decide they want to spend money instead of draft capital. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, I think, could be a fit there. Uh, maybe what, I don't know what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt, especially with this 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 recent uh, uh, potential charge. It looks like he's avoided any charge, at least in terms of legal uh, aspect, but the NFL still may come down on him something for this, for the, uh, this recent uh, run-in with the law, I guess. Uh, but it would be interesting, I think, to see Kareem Hunt back there if, unless they haven't completely soured on, on him. But uh, there's there's several good options there. I guess my top two in terms of free agents would be Melvin Gordon and then rookie would be Edwards Hilaire for me. Yeah, those are some good names, Ryan. I want to get your thoughts as well. But first, you know, there's so many running backs in this class. I think you could probably go down the top five, six, seven names at running back that all of us have ranked near the top. And if any of them land in Kansas City, we're going to be really interested in that player. Who's the guy that you'd love to see in a Kansas City uniform if you have one or two names, Ryan? I think the player for me, and and I've seen other people uh, suggesting this as well, is is one of the ones I just mentioned that had gone back to school, Travis Etienne. So that was a big blow for, for that reason, but... Honestly, I don't think it matters. I think any any running back that lands in Kansas City, obviously if it's a, a player like like DeAndre Swift or, or one of these top three or four rookie running backs, if it's Melvin Gordon, I certainly don't think it'll be Kareem Hunt. I, I think that that door is closed. Uh, but if it's if it's any of these guys that we look at as top um, top rookies or top free agents, they're going to see just a major spike in value. So some of these players would be better fits than others. Edward Zilaire, as as Matt mentioned, would be a fun one for sure. But whoever it is, they'll see a they'll see a spike in value and deservedly so. Yeah, and that probably stretches even farther down that draft board. Even if it's a day three yeah. pick when they finally invest in the position, we could see a guy that that's relatively low on people's. Can you imagine if like Lamichael Pirine is from Florida is the guy that that they pick, or AJ Dillon from Boston College? Um, the list kind of goes on and on. Any of these guys could take a huge hit, as most of us see this as the premier landing spot for any rookie running back. I don't think it's going to happen, but I mean, it would be it would be pretty fun to see Derrick Henry there too. You know, you pair that incredible passing offense with a with a running back that can just just run over people. Like, how, I don't know how you stop any of that. They can beat you with the run and the pass that way. That that would be pretty fun too. I think. Yeah, there's so many names that that would be a lot of fun. How about an ADP riser from that Kansas City offense, Ryan? Yeah, I want to look at Mikael Hardman here, uh, the rookie wide receiver. I think the the. Uh, assumption is that the Chiefs are probably going to move on from Sammy Watkins 
And if that's the case, then Hardman should should see a big boost. In fact, he already is. Uh, preseason, he was the 119th player overall, the wide receiver 53. Just based on his up-and-down performance as a rookie, he's up to 77 overall and wide receiver 37. If they, uh, if they do part ways with Sammy Watkins, uh, Hardman's jumping even higher into that uh, wide receiver one, or I'm sorry, wide receiver three range, uh, which he's currently sitting just outside of. Yeah, and he could he could maybe hit that fringe wide receiver two area if if the hype really gets out of control or or if we start seeing news that that he's uh, he's having a big off season or, or the preseason starts rolling around and and uh, we see good news from Chiefs camp as well. So let's move on to the Denver Broncos guy guys, and I want to go right back to you, Ryan. We need an ADP riser from Denver. I think it has to be Drew Locke, um, and of course we know the we know the story there. He uh, earned the starting job late in the season, played pretty well. Still, uh, still plenty of doubters surrounding him from uh, from a fantasy or dynasty landscape. But I just don't think the Broncos can afford to bring in a free agent quarterback or to draft another quarterback after they they spend. Uh, a day two pick on lock and and then he plays well late in the season. I think they, they have to go into the 2020 season, assuming drew lock is their starter. And that alone is going to boost his value. I checked out his preseason ADP. He didn't have one. He wasn't even drafted at all in our August and, and September mock drafts. Uh, looking now, he's a, the 176th player overall, only the quarterback 22. Uh, Matt talked earlier about rumors of, uh, of Drew Brees maybe stepping away. We know uh, we know we're waiting on Tom Brady's decision. There's going to be some room to move up for Drew Locke. Uh, and the other the other thing about the Broncos is that they're also being projected to take a wide receiver pretty early. They've already got Cortland Sutton. Uh, if they add another uh, day one or day two wide receiver, that's only going to be a boost to Drew Locke's dynasty value. And I think, guys, the, the biggest question for dynasty owners in Denver this offseason surrounds around around Drew, Drew Locke and, and that offense. And, and if he can take the next step and, and bring those players, some of those guys that you mentioned there, Ryan, whether it be a first or a second round rookie wide receiver, along with uh, Cortland Sutton and, of course, Noah Fant, can... Can Drew Locke, Matt, take take these types of playmaking outside pass catchers to the next level? And, and will these guys at some point in 2020 become high-end starting options for us as dynasty owners? I mean, I think Cortland Sutton is already there. I think he maybe he hasn't quite hit his ceiling, but he certainly was very productive for dynasty owners in, in, in 2019 with a, a plethora of quarterbacks, you know, Brandon Allen. Uh, I'm sure there's some more in there that I'm missing, but other than him and Locke, uh, Joe Flacco, of course. Uh, so I, I really think that he's kind of already hit there. And I think these guys are, this team is really looking for that secondary option. Uh, I do still have some questions about Fant uh, in terms of, you know, work ethic and route running and all that, but he certainly, Drew Locke certainly seem to to like him uh they i really feel like they need to get him another weapon out there underneath maybe a really speedy guy like henry ruggs the third somebody like that uh to really make this offense uh to kind of take that next step like you're talking about but i think Cortland sutton is already there and, and i think he's proven the fact that he can do it with with i think that's always a dangerous game for sure but uh he's shown that he has done it with with lesser quarterbacks than drew lock i think so i'm i'm, I'm pretty on the fence with drew lock right now in terms of his ability to be a complete starting quarterback in the NFL, but he showed some things at the end of the end of last year. I think he also showed some, some, some bad things at the end end of last year. So the jury's still out on him. I do think he'll get a full season as a starter though, uh, before they decide to, you know, what, whatever the next thing is there. So in terms of, in terms of for, for fantasy in 2020, I think Locke is a pretty safe option. Uh, but after that, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, but yeah, I think he can take, take take Sutton and Fant uh, to that next step. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I'm I'm invested in both of them. I I would be highly invested into another wide receiver if they were to go that right route as Ryan suggested there. Um I'm I'm like you, Matt. I'm I'm not sold on Drew Locke. It feels to me in a super flex league, he's not the kind of guy that I'm very comfortable with, especially as my quarterback too. I want I want somebody with with higher upside. I I wasn't super excited about him coming into the draft. Wasn't super excited when I when I watched him have 300 yard games even for the Broncos late in the season. It did, it didn't seem legit to me. 
but time will tell on Drew Locke in Denver. Let's let's take a trip to Las Vegas, guys, because the Raiders they they made the official move. It's 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 a done deal. So let's talk about the LV Raiders. It, it sounds funny, but it it's real. So Matt, I think the dynasty question here: How excited? are you about Las Vegas as a landing spot for one of these top wide receivers in this year's rookie class? Because for those of those of us that watch all these mocks and, and listen in closely, seems like that's a prime landing spot. They obviously need a, need a big playmaker on the outside could happen as high as number 12 in the draft. How excited are you about them as a landing spot with that quarterback and that offense in place? I mean, I like the offensive mind there with with Gruden. I like the running back. I, I like I like Tyrell Williams. Uh, I don't I don't really like Derek Carr. I think he's I think he's fine, but I'm not even convinced really that he's Gruden's you know preferred choice. Uh, not saying that they're going to draft a quarterback highly in this draft, but I bet they certainly you know draft someone to bring in some kind of competition for Carr. So uh, I think it comes down to that really uh, it, how you feel about Derek Carr. And for me, I'm, I'm not that excited about him. Maybe he would be better with with some more playmaking out there you know the wide receiver position for them it looked really good to start the year before Antonio Brown lost his mind uh, but after that you know Tyrell Williams had, was was averaging like a touchdown a game I think for the first six or seven weeks of the season uh, but then he got hurt and tailed off uh, and there just really wasn't anyone else there to help out except for Darren Waller uh, who you know I still like but I think he's probably a little bit overvalued right now in Dynasty as well so uh, Hunter Renfro uh, he, he's not really the answer I think he's a fine slot option but uh, if they get a big name guy I think he might struggle in year one and, and really until they figure out what they're doing with this quarterback position and Derek Carr. So I, I'm not, I guess I would say I, I'm not super excited about him uh, there. I think the opportunity would be there, but the offense in general, I'm, I'm not super excited about. Ryan, you watch all these mock drafts like, like the rest of us, and you see all these wide receivers being mocked to Las Vegas with the Raiders. What are your thoughts on them as a landing spot? And then also let's get that ADP riser and falling. Well, obviously, this is this is one team that's going to invest uh, probably multiple spots and multiple uh, forms of assets into the wide receiver position. We we know they had, of course, had Antonio Brown last year. They thought they were going into the season with uh, with AB and then Tyrell Williams as their second. And when that didn't work out, it was it was basically too late to do anything about it. They had to rely on Tyrell Williams as their wide receiver one and. It didn't work really well most of the year. He he had a couple of big games, but I think we would all agree he's um, he's better suited as as a complimentary receiver. So because of that, uh, Williams is my dynasty faller. Uh, we've actually seen him uh, lose some value already since the preseason. I think that uh, once they moved on from Antonio Brown, we saw Williams' value spike a little bit, and unfortunately, he wasn't really able to live up to that. He's moved from wide receiver 54 down to wide receiver 62. And when they use one of those early picks on an, on another receiver or they, uh, or they sign a free agent, it's going to fall even further. Overall, I'm not especially excited about the landing spot because of what Matt said. I've got questions about the quarterback. If they move on from Derek Carr, who are they bringing in? And if they don't, I think that's even worse. They're stuck with Carr. Maybe this is where Sammy Watkins finally goes to die. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, they've already got Sammy Watkins. Maybe it's where Tom Brady goes and 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 saves things, or maybe it's where I thought you were going to say something positive, Matt. You bring Sammy back into the limelight. I just think that's. That. I, man. I mean, I think that's such a difficult landing spot, especially now they're moving to Vegas. I mean, if you were imagine if you're a, a 20, 21 year old kid coming to Vegas and have a million dollar contract, you know, a multi million dollar contract. That seems like a lot of distraction for me, and and I'm not sure that that is necessarily the organization to really keep those guys out of trouble. So it, it worries me a lot, depending on who they get. If it's a kid that that you know is is is. Uh, you know, just a A student and and just a, a hard worker and all that. Maybe it works out, but if they bring in anybody with any kind of questionable work ethic, then that just seems like trouble for me. All right, that's that's good for that. Let's talk about the final team <laughs> we need to speak about uh, in our series covering all thirty-two teams. Uh, we're covering all the off-season questions and then an ADP riser and faller from every franchise. And the last one to talk about is is really the team with probably the most questions, guys. Uh, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. They got Phillip Rivers. He's a free agent, doesn't even live in the state anymore. Uh, Melvin Gordon, free agent. 
Austin Eckler, I think he's a restricted free agent. So so there's a lot of balls up in the air with this offense and, and the players that dynasty owners really care about. So the question here, Matt, with, with Rivers, Gordon, and Eckler all scheduled to be free agents, how excited should dynasty owners be about the Chargers as a landing spot for both free agents and rookies? This is such an interesting team. This obviously may be the most interesting for me because of all those reasons you listed. Uh, but even if Rivers moves on and, and they run with Tyrod, I, I still like I still like this team and, and what they have with with Keenan Allen, of course. And you know, Mike Williams hasn't hasn't taken that next step yet, but he's certainly talented there. And you know, it, it doesn't really feel like they're going to bring Melvin Gordon back. But I'm I'm very excited about Eckler if he's going to be the lead back going forward. But I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for for really anyone they bring in. So. Uh, I mean, I don't have a have a, a, a you know any analytics behind the the feeling, but I really do feel like this is still a pretty good landing spot for for anybody coming in. I feel a lot better about this team than I do the Raiders, certainly. So uh, I like Tyrod. I've always liked Tyrod. If he's the guy, I think he can keep this offense afloat. So I'm 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 still pretty excited about anybody that might land here. You know, with with their move to Los Angeles, they're they're struggling to sell sell tickets and, and get really get that fan base going. They could make a splash in free agency if they were to try to go get Tom Brady or go get really anybody to make that splash and, and put themselves back on the map. You're right, Matt. There are some pieces in place. The weapons you mentioned with Williams and Keenan Allen, of course, Hunter Henry as well. That offensive line before all the injuries sent in set in really seemed like it was at at least above average. Uh, but then Pouncey and Okung, Okung got hurt. Uh, I think they had another injury along the offensive line as well. I can't remember. So, you know, it, it feels like the offense should be there, but it just never happened in 2019. And now with the potential changes, I guess if they make the right moves, it could work out. The coaching staff still intact. That seemed like an odd decision, I guess. Ryan, what are your thoughts about Los Angeles, the Chargers at least, being as a landing spot, how they rank? And then also let's talk talk ADP faller for the Chargers. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It, it feels like a tough situation to assess right now because – there there are so many questions as far as who's going to be there we we assume rivers is gone we assume melvin gordon is gone we're surprised the coaching staff is still there i don't think you guys mentioned hunter henry i believe he's also a free agent uh so that's another kind of ball in the air that that they have to figure out so right now we really just have to kind of wait it out and see uh, what happens especially at the quarterback position uh, but I'm certainly excited about Austin Eckler he, as a restricted free agent. I think he ends up staying there. And overall, I do feel like it's a good landing spot, uh, though that that could change pretty quickly, honestly. Uh, Gordon is my ADP faller. Uh, we've already seen him start to fall down a little bit between the holdout and the uh, relatively disappointing season. He was the RB15 in preseason. He's actually moved up to RB13. Uh but again, this is landing spot, you know, going to be determined by the landing spot. Lots of people talking about Tampa Bay. Obviously, that would give him a boost. Kansas City would give him a boost. We just have to see what the demand is going to be for Gordon on the free agent market. I kind of feel like he's a buy right now, to be honest with you. Maybe his value hasn't completely bought him out yet, but if he ends up in a good landing spot, you know, like we talked about, you know, Kansas City is obviously the dream scenario. But I mean, he's he's going for pretty cheap right now in the trade in the in the DLF trade finder. I, I see a deal right now, Auden Tate, Sammy Watkins, and, a, and, a, and a, it looks like a late second for Melvin Gordon. I would certainly pay that a, a 2021 first round pick. So you know, if you do the standard like deduct around for each year in the future, that's basically a second round pick for Melvin Gordon. Anthony Miller in a 2022nd, uh, Mike Williams and Tyler Higby for for Melvin Gordon. So he's a guy that I'm definitely going to be looking at to, to try to invest in. Uh, certainly, you know, approaching that that cliff at 27 right now and and 28. Uh, uh, I think it's before the season or maybe partway before the season starts. But I think he's still got still got some talent in him. He's 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 improved. We know as a pass catcher. Uh, so he's somebody if he lands in the right spot, I think he's he's going to see maybe maybe not necessarily a market value in increase but certainly from a production standpoint i think it can be productive for at least another year or two uh, as that you know high-end running back two uh, fringe running back one wherever you want to put him there okay so that 
that's really the end of our four-part series covering every team, the off-season question that Dynasty owners are thinking about. We also covered those ADP risers and fallers. Lots of that stuff is going to change over the coming months, obviously, fellas, and we'll have coverage of it right here on the DLF Dynasty podcast as well as DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So with that, I will say goodbye and say for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week.